Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hey everybody, welcome back. How are you today? Man, I am just happy to be here. I'm happy in my body. Before I dive in, I just wanted to share some stuff. First of all, hold the phone. It is the 100th episode. (laughs) What? How many weeks is that? That's crazy. This is about two years, you guys, that I've been doing this podcast. It feels amazing. I hope truly that this community, I was thinking about it, you know, Mr. Rogers, that old show, I want this community to feel like that. So I would love to hear from you how it's feeling for you. You can always just, did you know you can email me? By the way, I got a brand new email address. It's beautiful. It's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E, at LizzieLangston.com, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N.com. So you can email me at my brand new email address and... Tell me how you're loving this podcast. Drop me a line anytime. Seriously. If there's an episode that you listen to and it just drops a bomb and you are helped in any way, or maybe you share it with a friend and she is helped, even if they never, you guys never come in contact with me, share that with me. Pass me that goodness. I want to soak it up with you. I want to hear it from you. I would love that. Okay. But another thing I want to say in this hundredth episode, I really want to come at you today, sisters, sister friends. I want to come at you as a fellow mama today. I really want to kind of take off my teacher hat. I'm kind of being vulnerable today. I'm going to be sharing some stuff from my life. I don't know why I've got the Southern accent today. It's just helpful. Maybe that's where I go when I'm being vulnerable. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about 10 things that I believe. And I want to preface these beliefs by just letting you know, I have been getting into energy work, which is the most beautiful, the most beautiful puzzle piece that fits so perfectly with life coaching. They're so compatible. I've been so pleased and happy to understand at new depths and in new realms, um, my body. So I'm going to give you a taste of some of that woo today in my beliefs, but yeah, I have been releasing things on purpose. I've been cleaning out stuff. Did you know we can inherit emotions? You guys, um, even before we're born, our bodies, we're, we're basically sharing so much of our actual physical body with those that came bef- before us in the form of DNA. And did you know we have an energy field around our body? This is crazy. Anytime there's electricity, there's also magnetism and our heart, there's electric pulses in our heart. And we have, it's the center of this big magnetic field around us, eight to 12 feet outside of us. It's a real thing, guys, chakras and all of it. Like, It's so funny how it sounds so woo-woo in like mainstream, and yet, and yet, it resonates with us. And our brain will talk to us all day and say, that's kind of weird, and yet we're fascinated by it. It's like a world that we have forgotten. So my hope is that today, through sharing some of my more recent beliefs that I have understood, and I believe they're truths, I'm just going to call them beliefs for you, you get to choose, right? Your brain gets to choose whether you pick these up or leave them on the table. But I just want to, I want to give to you some things that have really been churning the waters of my mind and my body that have really been moving the energy in my life that have been helping me feel so entirely strong, capable, and empowered. 
and casting out darkness. These these things have brought light light into my life, and I believe that they're compatible with the Savior Jesus Christ. They're part of His work. So, without further ado, in this one hundredth episode, two years of the Postpartum Coach Podcast. I want to celebrate in this culmination of 10 things I believe. So number one, I actually already kind of said this one. I believe we have an energy field around our body. The world is made of energy. I wish somebody would have taught me this when I was three years old, right? The world is made of energy, all different forms. So every element in the periodic table of elements is a different combination of energy. Every liquid is energy. You know, cells, and then in cells, there's atoms, and then in atoms, there's like the nucleus of the atom, and there's protons and electrons and neutrons. That is energy. And there is actually a lot of space. Obviously, it's it's little compared to the way we see things and compared to our huge big body, which is a mass of bajillion millions of little atoms and things. But Um, when you put your hands together, you feel that sensation. You feel the heat going from one hand to another. You feel the touch, right? Did you know that they're not actually touching? (laughs) Did you know that there's actually tons of space all around you and you are made up of tons of space. So you touch your cheeks. I'm like squishing my cheeks right now, but there's that you're not actually ever touching things. You're just moving energy. You are energy and the air is energy. Everything's energy. Okay. So I hope I've made that clear, but that's one thing I want you to believe and, or to understand is that we actually have a field of energy around our body that's made possible. Again, there's probably more complexities to it, but there's, um, a magnet or there's an electric pulse in our heart. And so there is wherever there's electricity, there is magnetism. And so there's like a magnetic field. And, and what happens here is this magnetic field actually connects us to what we call the collective which is the collective energy of everyone. It's kind of like a spider web. This is one reason why I had to get off social media. I tend to absorb energy. I'm learning how to separate other people's energy from my own. But what happens is when I get onto social media, you're basically taking a swim in the world's collective energy or your community's collective energy. And not always right now is that community uplifting and is it vibrating at an energy that I want to be a part of. (laughs) Sometimes it's so contrasting and different from the energy I like to vibrate in in my life that it's distasteful to me. I want to get off of it. I don't have a desire to be there. So again, I'm one of the tools that you can use is learning how to separate other people's energy from your own, including the collectives, including anybody you come into contact with. Like the other day I was chatting with my neighbor and there was a funky energy happening and I totally absorbed it on accident and later had to kind of put that back. So it's a real thing. It's kind of like, um, if you're playing with slime, you're pulling slime and then you pull your hand away and there's a bunch still dangling from your fingers. And we have to develop a way of handling energy around us that when we pull our hand away from the slime, it doesn't come with us. Or if you're rolling dough in flour, learning how to just separate that. So that's actually a skill. So cool. I'm learning it right now, guys, but that's one thing I believe that's number one. This is so good. All right. Belief number two, I believe our subconscious is a gift and it's so amazing. It's kind of freaky too. I'll be honest, right? The conscious mind is always just alarmed and startled by anything that seems to come outside of it. But here's the deal with your subconscious. 90% of our brain is actually the subconscious brain. 10% of your brain is you and all that chatter that goes on every day and all of the scary things you imagine or all the ideas you have. That's 
10% of your brain. 90% of that thing in your head is your subconscious brain. Your subconscious brain is the part of you that is managing the digestion of your food. It is constantly, if you did a workout, it's helping your muscles recover. There's just this entire universe inside of your body that's going on all day that you don't really see. The closest thing I can think of to relate to this is when you grow a baby in your belly, right? And you really don't see that your body's actually running a marathon essentially to create that body. It's very busy. It has a lot that it's doing. And so all we see is like, oh, I'm tired today, you know, or, oh, I feel kind of nauseous. We don't realize that there's so much. I mean, I think we do. Some of us, we do, right? We, we like watch those little YouTube videos learning about how big our baby is at this many weeks, but on a very complex level, there's so much going on. So the subconscious is what's managing the growth of your baby, just like any other things in your body all day long, every day, your subconscious. If you walk through a crowd, when you were five, if you walked through Disneyland and you saw, you know, 700 people, your subconscious actually captures all of that and still has it for you everything you've ever done. And the cool thing about your subconscious, it's, it's connected. It's connected to the collective, the energy collective of everyone. So when it comes to healing, the subconscious is a gift. It's outside of our conscious mind, but it's a gift. And I'm so glad that our creator sent us down here to earth with this other part is what I call it. This other part, because it turns out healing can be done through this beautiful combination of number one, of course, the power of Jesus Christ and his atonement, which had some profound effect upon all energy and continues to do so. And then number two, your body, which is another thing that works so comfortably and well with Jesus Christ and his healing power. And number three, your subconscious and your energy. Are there things that I don't understand about this? There's so many things. I'm really just dipping my toes into this world. Actually, I I just jumped in and I'm swimming around, but I've come up to the surface to bring you some things (laughs) that I've learned. There's so many more that I haven't even seen yet, but hopefully this is just delicious. And not all these beliefs are going to be about energy, but I think a lot of them will be. It's something that I'm really, really into right now. And I'm, it's my learning curve in my own healing. Um, I really want you guys to know that not only am I a coach and I'm a mom, but I am still recovering and healing in so many ways. I like to say that healing is just the process of being, becoming complete. And there was a lot of subtracting that happened in our childhood for many of us and at to, to no fault of anybody else, but there's this becoming complete that when we're adults, we take it into our new hands, our, our hands in a new way. We take responsibility of our own life in a new way, especially after you've had some babies. Once you start having babies, you really start to evaluate, is this how I want to live? Because if it isn't, you're passing it on to the next generation. So we start to get very mindful about how we're living. That's why I love working with women postpartum to do healing, lifetime healing, but we're doing it postpartum because that's, I mean, if we've procrastinated, if you've procrastinated, if I was, I, we didn't mean to, right? We're just going about life. But this, if you're feeling the tug, the calling, I get it. And if you're having postpartum anxiety and depression, I just want you to know that is the calling. That is the tug. Something's not working. It's a flag to your body to do things a new way to get to healing, get to work. All right. The next belief is that all emotion is energy. So when you think, or sorry, when you feel sad, when you feel that heaviness in your heart area, or you feel tightness in your chest when you're anxious, or you feel um, a big kind of downward pull in your abdomen when you are feeling shame, when you feel a fast heartbeat, if you're stressed, all of this is 
sensation, right? I, I have said on the podcast before that the body's language is sensation. It's also the language of energy. Energy and your body are one and the same. Energy and your body are one. Your body is energy. Energy is energy. Okay. It just, we all have different forms. Energy is the entire world. Like I said, And so all emotion is actually energy. So your body is producing energy when you are feeling an emotion. Now it's either a high vibration or a low vibration. So we call that positive emotion, negative emotion, but really it's higher vibration energy, lower vibration energy. It's all on the spectrum. And, um, so the, the emotions like anger, shame, rage, depression, anxiety, these are all low vibrations. We're talking like 100 and lower. And then all the way up to 1000 would be completion. That's like what God vibrates at. And then 700, 800 is really, really good stuff. That's like enlightenment. Um, that's extreme. Like most people vibrate on a daily basis between two and 500. Um, but sometimes we're lower and then some of us maybe a little bit higher. So, um, it all just depends on the videos you're consuming, the music you listen to, um, the foods that you eat. Did you know food has a vibration? And I feel like it's my calling to let everybody know this because we're moving into a phase of the world. Okay. I'm going to like do my own Lizzie version of prophesying here. (laughs) This is my own opinion. This is not intended to replace scripture or I'm not putting words in any church leaders mouths or anything like that. My personal feeling is that we're moving to a time in the world where these spiritual things are going from kind of laughed at and kind of dismissed to being taken seriously by a whole lot of us. And when we do that, we are raising the vibration of this planet, which in turn makes us ready to receive the Savior, Jesus Christ. And I believe that that's our duty to get ready to receive him when he comes again. And so it's not just like a, let's sit back and relax because we don't know when he's coming. I mean, we don't know when he's coming, but what we do know is that there is a vibrational work of energy that we can be doing to cleanse ourselves and cleanse the collective energy of this world to bring earth to heaven and heaven to earth. And that is my truest desire. And I am totally on board with that. And I'm always open to receiving whatever it is that God wants us to know. Number four, I believe if you can imagine it, it's not good enough. And I got this from my energy worker. Her name is Laura. She's amazing. She's God-fearing. She's Christ-centered. She's a member of my church, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, and she she said this to me, and I was at the time very concerned with like my goals and, okay, how am I going to do this and provide for my family in this way? And she's like, listen, stop trying to imagine it because if you can imagine it, it's not good enough. Now, I want to be clear here. The In your brain... There's a system called the reticular activating system. And this system of your brain is the reason we have cognitive bias. It basically shields um, anything that you don't believe in or anything that you don't value. You don't really see it. It kind of helps you filter. So if you're looking at a Facebook page, you only see the things that you care about or that speak to you according to your belief system. And you repel and kind of reject those things that don't. The problem is sometimes that we get so into one belief system, we have a hard time receiving more higher truth and stuff. So it can get in the way, but anyway, this reticular activating system, which we really come up a lot with, we rub shoulders with it a lot in coaching. Um, it helps you see opportunities to create. And what I'm not saying here is that visualizing isn't helpful and vision boards aren't helpful in creation and in attraction, attracting things that you want in your life and in making chain changes in your personality and in the way that you parent your children and any transformation you desire, your brain is helpful. 
But I just want you to know that the most important thing besides life coaching, besides energy work, but the most important thing that you can have in the road to transformation is faith in Jesus Christ. So um, all these other tools help, but it's faith in Jesus Christ. He is the source. I believe that he is the source of our becoming complete. He is the source of um, developing us and processing us like a photograph in a dark lab, right? He is that red light. He is the source that helps us come to life and know who we really are. He's the ultimate healer. And I work through him. I really, really want that to be clear for any of you who have coached with me, are coaching with me, want to coach with me. I want you to know I am not the source of your healing. And sometimes that's tricky, right? Because I bring like a whole new world to many people. And yet I want you to to carefully understand that it is through Jesus Christ that any one of us healers and coaches and people who help people, it is through him that we do our work. Um, Belief number five, I believe, this is one of my favorite ones that I've been really playing with lately, but I believe that God is just as much inside our body as he is up in heaven. So the closer you become to yourself through prayers, meditation, self-reflection, journaling, coaching, these things you do just for you, the closer you can feel to God. I don't mean be close to yourself as in neglectful to others or selfish. I just mean that you are literally made of the same matter as the rest of the earth is made. And he meaning the Lord, he set in motion the process that created you. He is everywhere in you. It's like that song by Taylor Swift. I can't remember which one it is, but she's saying like, there isn't a part of my body that you haven't touched. And I think this is so true for us and God, except not in a sensual way, in a spiritual way. Okay. Um, like a heavenly father sort of way, but it's true. There isn't a part of us. He hasn't touched. We are his creation in every sense of that phrase from our fingertips to our knees, to our tongue, to every organ in our body, to the energy that we swirl around in every day and the energy that we produce through our emotions, through our thoughts, our thoughts. I mean, we are just creators that, and, and the, the work of energy work, energy work is learning how to create, learning how to move energy on purpose. I just had a client today. I was talking to her and she witnessed a very traumatic accident um, right in front of her where a, a boy, well, he wasn't a boy, I guess he was like a teenager was hit um, by a truck and she was there to hold him and help him and pray for him over him until the ambulance arrived and he was able to be taken away and get, and get the help that he needed. But um, everybody was asking her, um, you know, are you okay? That must've been so traumatic for you. And because she's been working with me, she knows what to do with those emotions, that energy, that sadness, or that fear or that trauma, whatever it is, when that comes up, she knows what to do with it in a way that settles it when she's ready to let go of it. So when she, when she moved through that experience, she put it away and she moved on and she really is okay. And it's kind of hard sometimes for people to believe that you can witness something so traumatic and be okay and not have, you know, be so shaken. And I'm sure she thought about it throughout the day, but she knew what to do with that energy that was produced for her, that adrenaline that came up to help him. And she was able to tuck tuck it back into place and be at one with her body and get back to stabilization after that experience was done. That's what this work is about. So that one day when you get to go and create your own world or whatever it is that you do, you create a business, you create a family that you can do it the, like the, the way you want it to happen can happen. Now this doesn't take away other people's agency. They always have their own agency and choice, but this is really just about you and your life, your behavior, how you show up. 
Okay. Another one. Number six, I believe that healing and real change happens on the body level, not the brain. The conscious brain is so limited. It's so unable to see past things sometimes. And have you ever noticed that it just talks all day and half the time it's just nonsense. The conscious brain, we think it's so great. Like in life coaching, we're like always doing work in the conscious brain. It's like a little tiny, teeny sliver in the fraction of the things. And so it's totally fine. I love like the model. I love the life coaching tools that are more cognitively based, but we have to step back and remember that that's 10% of a whole brain. So 90% of all the other stuff is other stuff that we can delve into. Um, and so the conscious brain gets in the way sometimes actually can get in the way of spiritual flow. However, your body and your subconscious are so attuned to spiritual things. And so if you learn to be attuned to your body and to your subconscious mind, then you are attuned to spiritual things. Let me say that again. So your body and your subconscious are very attuned to spiritual things. So the power of Jesus Christ can flow through you in those ways so easily. Sometimes our brains actually kind of make a wall between us and the Savior's grace. Not that he can't cross that wall, but sometimes we kind of build up energy against the feelings, the very feelings that we want to feel. We kind of block that energy through the way that we're thinking. And so if you can learn to be attuned to your body, and your subconscious mind, the two things that are already such gifts and so attuned to spiritual things, then, then you will be also that way as well. I think it's not a mistake that we are programmed from when we're little to kind of disconnect from our body and to think the subconscious mind is so woo woo and crazy and be scared of it because they are two of our biggest helpers on planet earth in our pursuit of returning to live with God again and becoming like he is. Belief number seven, and this is kind of, I believe that Satan is really subtle. This kind of builds off of what I was just saying. He has made us think that he is, you know, he has kind of, or maybe we have done it. I don't know. But there's this idea that Satan is so blatant and outwardly bad. And that, and that is actually to our detriment to believe that Satan is so, um, you know, just in our face and stuff, because really he's subtle. And when we're, th- we're when we're looking for him and only seeing evidence of him in the big bad things, we're missing out on a lot of his work, and we're not being able to be def- you know defend ourselves over a lot of his work, which is so subtle. Think about you guys. Think about the Garden of Eden. Right? He turned into a serpent. Imagine, and he he tricked Eve. Right? The animals in the garden were all so good. There was the lamb and the lion, and they were laying together, and so. He turned into a serpent and just another, you know, critter in the garden. How sneaky. How sneaky is that? So he blends in. He mixes truth with untruth. He's not always at the, you know, good is over here on this end of the spectrum and evil and Satan is on this end of the spectrum. He can be way, way, way in the middle as well. He doesn't present as the opposite of good things all the time. He presents a lot of the time as the exception or a lesser but different kind of good. He gradually is trying maybe to bring down our energetic vibration as a whole, as a planet, so that he can get more work done because it takes longer for us to be ready to receive the Savior. And we are therefore being more susceptible. And it's more important than ever to take this stuff seriously. Um, I want you to pray about it in your hearts, right? I know there's a lot of false voices out there. There's a lot of scary stuff when it comes to spirituality. There's a lot of religions that 
are icky and um, have tricked people and take advantage of people who are in crisis and have good hearts and are searching for truth. And I just want you to know that if you've been kind of burned by religion, I feel you. I love you. And this talk that I'm talking, luckily, gratefully, it's not about religion. I don't have to have, I don't have to fight that fight. You know, we don't have to talk about that. That's your personal thing. I'm going to leave that to you and God. But what I will say is that as sisters on this planet who all of us share pain about the bad stuff that's happening. It's our time to learn how to emanate good, not just personally and individually, but learning how to cleanse the energy of the collective, learning how to um, increase the vibration of everybody that's here that shares this planet. And that means starting with you, learning these tools now and learning how to hold the space for them, how to keep them sacred and not make fun of them. And I'm going to tell you, it kind of sucks. I'm going to just be honest with you. Okay. It kind of sucks sometimes. Like I am in this place right now with this work where I'm so very sensitive to energies because I'm learning how to distinguish between, um, somebody else's and mine and between bad and good and all the things. And I believe that this is what God wants for us. This is part of our agency and part of the way that we know the difference between good and evil. It's this energy stuff, but it, a lot of times I can't watch shows that I used to be able to watch maybe even three, four months ago because my sensitivity has changed. And I am willing to do that though. I'm willing to front that in my personal life in order to carry this work out to many, many women who are feeling called to deeper levels of spirituality, who want increased spiritual strength. I don't care your religion, okay? Who want increased spiritual strength for themselves and protection for themselves and their families. This is not to replace formal religious stuff. This is not to replace temple stuff. I just believe this is something that God is unleashing and un, and, and giving to us these healing gifts and abilities. Um, and so in these days, because the world is so icky, because he wants to be with us, he wants heaven and earth to meet. He wants to minister unto us. He wants to save us literally and physically. Um, he wants the millennium. He, you know, all the things he wants that stuff. So if this is speaking to you, just hop on a consult with me. No need to fear, but also give yourself a couple of days to kind of churn on it and process it and pray about it. That's really important too. Um, I wanted to just touch on um, Satan, just a couple other things. So one one thing that I've noticed specifically, and I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't like talk about Satan a lot. I don't really like to give him the time of day. I kind of just like to stay in my lane doing the good stuff. But occasionally I think it's useful to educate each other on this stuff. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to say too. So I want to make sure you don't think that I think I know way more or something. Um, I'm just sharing what the goodness that's come to me and the knowledge that I have received. I want to share it with you. Um, so ex an example of the way that Satan subtly sabotages some of our most powerful healing and helpful agents on this earth is, um, the first example that came to mind is a connection to our ancestors on the other side. Um, people that have passed on before us, the ways that he has done this is he has, um, two things. Number one, Hollywood has made spirituality and, um, seem really creepy and scary. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that nine times out of 10, if there's like a ghost in a movie, right? Even like little kids shows, um, that we get this perception that, um, the connection with our family ancestors is somehow scary once they're dead versus like they've moved on in a new way, but they're still with us and we can still, um, Feel closeness to them in a way that helps and protects and serves us. And so in our, as we finish our physical life and existence. So I think that that's so unfortunate. That's something to really, this is powerful. Well, I feel like chains breaking right now as I'm um, kind of like telling you guys this stuff and I want you to just consider it as well. Um, 
even just the word ghost is is evidence of this, right? Like, why does that? Because most of us, it sells, it sends chills, yucky chills down our spine of scariness, um, and yet that connection, like I said, can be an amazing gift. Um, another th- way that Satan has kind of done some work to kind of cut us off from some of our most powerful helper things is he has driven our world to be so obsessed with science and seeing things. He's played on the fact that we have this veil that we cannot see energy in the way that maybe we used to be able to before we came to this earth, that we cannot see the spirits or the energy of people that have passed on. And he plays on that and he makes us (laughs) crave. We do naturally crave, but I think he amplifies and plays on our desire to see things concretely and to hold them in our hands. I think that's not just Satan's doing. I genuinely believe that's part of the existence that we're in. It's part of it's important to our eternal progression. But I, I think sometimes that we get really driven into science so much that it cuts us off and kind of we block spirit receiving spiritual things and really um um what's the word? Interacting with spiritual things. All right, belief number eight I actually already said this, so I'm going to go over it quickly, but I believe that it is up to us to assist in making the world, um, in preparing the world to receive Jesus Christ energetically and spiritually and all the things. So I've already talked about that. Um, number nine, this is kind of random, but I just really felt like I wanted to share it. This is something that's been new to me this year. I believe that divorce is not always the worst option. So do I hold marriage in totally high esteem? Yes. Do I believe that we are sealed for time and all eternity through the priesthood and temples? Absolutely. And divorce is sometimes a blessed release and it can sometimes be okay. And it doesn't have to come with um, the devastation and the failure. I mean, for sure there is your, there's an end of something, especially if you were not anticipating the end of it. Divorce can be a time of a lot of grieving. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have sad feelings when we're being, you know, when we're getting a divorce or when some couple that we love is getting a divorce or something like that. But also just remembering that sometimes it can be right and really respecting other people's agency. Um, that's really important and not projecting our own beliefs of how important our marriage is to us and making it mean that if somebody's getting a divorce, that it's not as important to them or that they're giving up or something. So I think that really is a, is something that we can offer to each other in this dicey time, in these dicey ages that can help us still feel love no matter what other people's marriages or our own marriages are doing. And belief number 10, last but not least, I believe that children are kings and queens. Every ounce of desire you have to be a good mom, it's well-placed. It is a beautiful pursuit and effort. However, I think sometimes we adore our children so much I mean, really, it's only in the last 50 plus years that it's been a thing for women to really, okay, I shouldn't say the last 50 plus years. It might've been farther back than that, but it's relatively recent that women had the luxury and the beautiful um, opportunity to be full-time stay-at-home moms and focus so much on parenting with relatively little stuff to do as far as... um you know, the land and the farm. I mean, there's cleaning the house. And for some of us, that feels like a mountainous task every day. And and it can be, but I'm just saying that, um, as our, this revolution of prosperity and industrialization has happened, more women have been able to be at home with the kids. And we've kind of, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. And sometimes we like over focus on our motherhood in a way that really takes a lot of our authenticity out of it. It really takes, I'm like, I feel like many of you are nodding your heads. Yes. To this, 
Um, it really takes out a lot of the fun and it's almost like we're getting into this tight box, this motherhood box where we have so much pressure to be present, not yell, you know, um, say kind words, don't cuss, like be such a good example in all these ways. And it's so wonderful, but we torture ourselves with it. You guys, we do, we use it as a reason to beat ourselves up and tell ourselves how we're not enough. That is not the purpose of motherhood. Just because you're a mother doesn't mean that all of a sudden you need to be so much more evolved. There is space in your motherhood for imperfection. Your children need to see you be imperfect. Let me say that again. Your children need, your children are benefited by, and your children are better prepared seeing you be imperfect and watching how you handle imperfection than they are seeing you try so hard holding your spiritual, moral, you know, everything breath to, to not mess up and to not say the thing and then being so hard on yourself when you do that thing. I love apologies. That's something you should know about me. I love saying sorry. I think it's it's like such a way that I connect with Jesus Christ every day. Every time I get to say sorry, I love getting to say sorry. I love that I mess up sometimes. Not for the effects that the mess up might create, although I really don't claim I I like when I say sorry, it ends there. I believe that the atonement can help my children recover from anything they need to and me as well. So that's just something it's like the ultimate um shock system, right? The atonement of Jesus Christ is like the shocks on your car that help the ride not be so bumpy. Motherhood can be so bumpy because we're human, because we're fragile. We have all these imperfections that are all of a sudden feeling very, very apparent to us once we have children. They seem to be magnified in the context of motherhood. That's just the way we're thinking about it though. But anyway. Jesus Christ and his atonement really can be um, the grace and the shock system to your motherhood that can make it just roll and flow and feel so much better for you and your children. So if you want to learn how to do that, I invite you to book a consult with me. I love you guys. Just go to lizzielingston.com forward slash consult. It's been a pleasure to be here on this podcast for two whole years. What? Dang, that's amazing. I'll talk to you guys next week. Celebrating you, celebrating me. Love you all. Bye-bye. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.